Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and information. My name is Tommy, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Okay, just finished watching that uh, Thursday night Broncos-Colts extravaganza. I think the most entertaining part of that was uh, reading all the comments by announcing or hearing them from announcers and uh, other other, uh, players. Yeah, we are coming to you live (laughs) here from Thursday night, giving you this pregame as we do every single week. Man, do I need a strong drink after watching that game. (laughs) Why you should already that be knocked was, out? <laughs> that was abysmal. I need a strong drink and a long night's sleep. My goodness, what an awful game! What an awful game! And I was listening to uh, Robert Mays and Nate Tice of the Athletic Football Show just now, their live show, and they were saying, "Man, there have been some bad games, but has there ever been such a bad game from two teams that were supposed to be good?" Man, those that, that was hard to watch. And Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan are cooked. That was bad. Yes, let Russ cook, and I guess he cooked himself. Russ burned the kitchen down. Russ burned <laughs> the street down. It's that te- it was terrible. But anyways, I we are. I think my favorite comment was from uh, RG three that uh, Am- Amazon knows everybody a free month of Prime after watching that for watching that game. It's <laughs> a good one. You know, what my favorite was what? Matt Matt Flynn tweeted. Well, I could have done that. which was by far my favorite Um, but anyway we are not here to talk to you about this horrible Broncos Colts game we are here to talk to you about the Packers upcoming matchup against the Giants Sunday morning versus in London Um, and before we get into that though it is important for us that you guys come and check out our Twitter at Father Son Packer. We'll be posting all about our new episodes there. We'll be retweeting Packers news, tweeting our thoughts on Packers news, kind of trying to keep you guys updated. Um, so you can find us there. Once again, that's at Father Son Packer. And then if you want to follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube, that is uh, Father Son Packers podcast. Both of those, if we could get those numbers up, that would really help our engagement. We would really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so those are our two quick pitches before we dive into this pregame like we do every Thursday. And then we will also be having a post game on Sunday night that you can listen to. We do two pods every single week. Um, yeah, if you like what you hear, come keep checking us out. But dad, you ready to get down into it? Sure. Let's start, well, I guess, with the uh, injury report. And also just mention that the, I think the Packers plane is going to land in like an hour from when we're recording this right now. Yeah, uh, you were just checking out the flight tracker like a somebody, true psychopath. Somebody, somebody had tweeted what they thought was the flight that was being tracked. And they said it was like the most tracked flight for in some um, route. And now they're they're like over they're over Wales right now. It looks like wow, they're getting real close. Yeah. But anyways, for this trip to London, that's a heck of a flight from Lambo. Uh, we have the injury report here as of Thursday practice. Uh, which will probably be the most up-to-date one we get until the official declarations are declared. Um, But I'm going to read off the Packers ones really quick first, and then we'll kind of see what we think about them. And then we'll hit the Giants ones, which are very lengthy. But just to start with the Packers, Jair was a full participant on Thursday's practice after being limited on Wednesday. So it sounds like his groin is healing well, knock on wood. And then Adrian Amos was a limited participant on Thursday after being a non-participant on Wednesday with a concussion. So it sounds like he's advancing through the concussion protocol. And Dad, you did the deep dive into the Packers uh, photos before the plane and saw that he is, in fact, on the flight. 
So that's a good or sign. Or at least he was in the photos of people getting on the bus going to the flight. <laughs> it's all the mind that, that games. Po- it's all the mind posted, games. They, right. Is that just, is that just to, for the Giants to spy on? To throw that them was off. On, that was on the official team site. But yes, Adrian Amos, we think it looks like he's on the plane. He's uh, well enough to fly, which is, uh, you know, something you have to progress to, to be able to do after a concussion. Yeah. Bakhtiari was limited with his knee all week. Elton was limited with his knee all week. Tariq Carpenter has been limited with an abdomen injury. Alan Lazard is still limited with that ankle at practice. Josh Myers was limited this week with a foot injury. And then Devontae Wyatt, the Packers' first-round pick, who hasn't really done a whole lot yet, but we're hoping for some big things still, was a DNP Thursday after being limited on Wednesday with a quad injury, which does kind of seem like he's trending towards not playing. That's you go in the wrong direction. And his his actually his rating on limited snaps last game was was pretty good. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, very limited, like seven snaps or something. Yeah. But did well in those few. But yeah, with that quad injury and moving from limited to DNP on Thursday doesn't That's look the good. Concerning for him. part. Yeah. Any thoughts on any of those injuries that stick out, or do you want to move over to the Giants side? I mean, I think it, it, in you know, a lot of cases it's good news. I think some of the like the the Bakhtiari, Elton, and Lazard seem to be kind of the weekly standard for now. Um, yes, and speaking of weekly standard, I should also add that uh, Mercedes Lewis had a veteran rest day on Thursday. I didn't even think it was something that needed mentioning because he always takes Thursday off. But just to throw it in there, he did not practice on Thursday as well. Yeah. And let's move on to the Giants. Yeah. So for the Giants, they have a really long injury report. Two quarterbacks, four receivers, four defensive backs, two D linemen. I mean, they're really Five deep up right rings. now. Yeah. But no, not to joke about injuries, but they are really dinged up right now. So Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Aziz Ojolari, Cordell Flott, and Henry Mondo are all not even traveling. They're not even making the flight to London, so they won't play at all. Beyond that, Daniel Jones has been limited with the ankle injury he sustained playing against the Bears. Terod Taylor was a DNP on Thursday, still in concussion protocol, so it sounds like he's moving a little more slowly through that than Amos. But Evan he still Neal, flew. But he did still fly, so that is important to note. That's a good That's a good note, Dad. Um, Evan Neal, their rookie right tackle, seventh overall pick, was limited with a neck injury. Leonard Williams, one of their better defensive players, their uh, interior D lineman, was limited with a knee injury. Wandale Robinson, their rookie receiver, was limited with a knee injury. Richie James was limited Thursday after being in DNP on Wednesday, so it sounds like he's trending up uh, with an ankle injury. He's really stepped into a actual pretty, pretty prominent role for them at receiver. Uh, Julian Love, one of their defensive backs, was limited Thursday after being a DNP Wednesday with a concussion, so it sounds like he's progressing through concussion protocol a bit faster. Nick McLeod was limited with a hamstring, and Fabian Moreau was limited with a foot. Uh, Dad, any of those jump out to you besides Daniel Jones, obviously, their starting quarterback being the big one? Yeah, and, and uh, particularly because he does a lot with his legs, seeing as it's an ankle injury, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, you could then, really tell he was laboring out there on Sunday versus the Bears. He couldn't. He couldn't move. Right, because he had to go back in at one point. Right after. Yeah, after I heard the, after Terod Taylor's concussion, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of Wildcat. I guess he was lining up wide at one point. Well, I heard speculation. Was the I heard steps. speculation that they had him in there. Yeah, he was lined up wide, just kind of pretty much standing out there. But I heard speculation they had him out there because he had the green dot, and they needed him in there to call plays. Oh. Is that what um, it was? And they were pretty much playing 10 on 11 on offense. Uh, but yeah, so those are the injuries. A lot to keep track of, a lot to keep an eye on. Um, probably going to have a pretty big impact on this game. 
Uh, but Dad, do you want to move on to the meat of our game preview? So let's go on. Is this the meat? Well, this is something anyway. Let's start this with is, our game I guess this is the preview. appetizer. Yeah, <laughs> this so that, is the appetizer. Blast, our blast from the past. So the most recent meeting between the Packers and the Giants was in December of 2019. Mm-hmm. That was, if you remember, it was the year where the Packers offense was really cruising, right? No, this is the year. No, no. Oh, sorry. No, this is not. This is December twenty. Yeah. No, this, this is year their sorry. defense was really. This is cruising. the defense is good, but yes. the offense is right. This is not the high. That's right. that was twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm talking like an idiot. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> hey, we got We got to have some kind of brand for the show. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so this is this is the year where they were. Um, this is Lafleur's first year. Yep. Where the where the yeah the offense was pretty wonky from time to time. But the the but in this game the Packers actually put up big numbers. They they won thirty one thirteen over the Giants, and there are a lot of players that, on both teams that are still there. So, a lot of familiar faces, yeah. So Daniel Jones went for, for twenty for thirty seven for two hundred forty yards, one touchdown, but three picks. Yep, not the best. <laughs> not not Saquon good. Saquon had nineteen carry. Not not good, Bob. <laughs> Saquon had nineteen carries for eighty three yards. So two people you're probably going to see in this game. Yep, Rodgers threw for four touchdowns. Lazard led the team with receiving yards, 103 yards, and had a touchdown. Oh, but, I but he only remember had... this game now. It was snowing. The ground was only... covered in snow. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, I remember this game because Lazard had that deep crosser from right to left. That was his big play of the right. game. He, he had caught like it a... sliding around the ground. Yes, I remember this game. Darnell his Savage was had like a, a pick, 43, 46-yarder. Um, he only had three catches for those 103 yards and touchdowns. Because to be honest with you, I was writing this up and I was like, man, I do not remember this game at all. <laughs> but now I'm remembering this game. Yeah. Yes. Um, Adams led the team in, t- in catches but d- didn't have the most yardage. Um, and they struggled to run the ball actually a bit, it looked like. You know, Jamal was okay. He was averaging like four yards carry. He led the team in yards. But uh, we miss you, Jamal. Aaron Jones, he struggled. He 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 did not uh, do well, and in, in his yards per carry was, I think, in the twos. Yeah, and so, so na- now that I'm remembering that, that game, so that was a that was a fun game. Um, some not so fun memories of the blast from the past with these two teams is, of course, these teams have some playoff do we, history. Do we really need to go there. I think we should mention it at least. <laughs> you know, there's some there's some there's some history between these teams. Um, so in 2011, if you don't remember, the Packers were 15 and one. They were the first seed. They were coming off a Super Bowl win, trying to repeat. And they lost to Eli Manning in the divisional round pretty badly. They got kind of smoked, actually. And that Giants team went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, the Packers kind of got them back in the 2016 season uh, when they beat the Giants in the wild card round in the infamous boat trip game for the Giants, if you guys remember that. This is when the whole receiver crew, including when, OBJ, yes. went down to Florida before the game for a boat tour. Yeah, and... If he wants to come back to Green Bay after being out on a boat for a little while now, kind of run it back, come hang out in Green Bay after being on a boat for Apparently, a Apparently Aaron Rodgers is Green okay Bay. with it. I mean, did you see that he was on the list of uh, five teams that Marcus Spears tweeted that then OBJ retweeted? I hadn't seen that. Was that today? That was uh, two days ago. So Marcus there's been sort of this Well, let me, let me little... say real quick. Let me say real quick. Marcus okay. Spears tweeted... Uh, well, OBJ tweeted, like, who do you think I'm going to go to? And Marcus Spears, who is NFL Live, uh, ESPN, one of the big uh, people in football there, very good work, um, tweeted Buffalo, the Rams, the Packers, the Ravens, and I think the Chiefs as, like, his five teams to keep an eye on. 
And then OBJ like replied and said, you and I see eye to eye. And so, you know, on the short list. But anyway, we are not here to okay. talk about OBJ. I, I had seen, I think, later things about OBJ like liking or looking at um, tweets about Rogers play. Mm-hmm. And then Rogers on the Pat that McAfee was, was this week was talking about OBJ. Yeah, that was all before this. This happened like yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, but he also got just to add one more thing that I thought was funny. Uh, someone tweeted the odds that Vegas has to what team he goes to next. And he retweeted and said, anybody know if I'm not on a team, I'm allowed to bet on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty hilarious. That's pretty good. But anyway, he's not a that's, contract. He's not, he's not an NFL player right now. So just something to think about. But anyway, that's what's going. That's the blast from the past for the Packers and the Giants. Some history between those teams, time they last played. Do one of those for all of the pregames. But the next thing is what's going on in Giants world, where we kind of talk a little bit about what the Giants have been up to this season. Kind of paint a picture just so you have a thought on what the opponents look like. Uh, and most recently, the Giants beat the Bears uh, last week, twenty to twelve, to move their record to three and one. Pretty strong record on the year. Daniel Jones only threw for 71 yards and no touchdowns, but he did run for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Like we did say that he is a threat on the ground. He's pretty fast. Um, he did sustain an ankle injury later in the game. Um, and then his backup to Rod Taylor had to come in. But then, as we said, to Taylor suffered a concussion that game. And so they had to kind of finish the game running this weird Navy style triple option with Saquon taking direct snaps out of wildcat and Daniel Jones way out on the sideline. Like we said, uh, Saquon had 146 yards and two touchdowns rushing and one catch for 16 yards in this game. I mean, Saquon was pretty much the entire offense in this game, huh, Dad? And he's looking good again, back like he did before his injury. He's looking. He's he's, he's moving well. He's got his burst. He's, he's playing really – he's looking really sharp. Yeah, I mean, he looks like the – I mean, is it crazy to say he looks like the best running back in the league this year? Um, there was one I think play. that's fair. I think he's been the best he, and he's and he's leading the league in um yards per yards. game and yep. Um and he's yeah, he's looking he's looking good. Did you see that one play he had on Sunday versus the Bears where he ran right, they had him dead to rights like 8 yards behind the line. He breaks two tackles, sprints backwards like 8 yards and loops back and ends up like a, with a 30-yard gain. I, I think I missed this one. Oh, I'll, I'll send it highlight. to you. I'll send it to you after I'll, the I'll podcast. Watch it later. But it's it I haven't was, I haven't watched too many highlights of the Giants yet. I need to rewatch a game. I'm hoping get... I don't see that on Sunday. <laughs> uh the Bears in this game though uh, part of the reason the Giants were still still able to win it is the Bears fumbled six times and the Giants recovered three of them and sacked field six times and hit them nine more times. Like my goodness, they were getting after him in the backfield or in the yeah in the backfield. Yes, yeah, they were they were uh, working working over that uh, Bears offensive line. Yeah, even better than we worked over that Bears offensive line to be honest. But that's kind of what's going on in Giants world. Like we said, they are three and one. Uh, with wins over the Titans and the Panthers and the Bears. Their one loss is to the Cowboys. So they haven't played a lot of teams so far, uh, or a lot of strong teams so far, um, uh, as it were. But, you know, good record. They're they're beating the teams that are on their schedule, and that's the most they can do. But, Dad, do you want to move to our general thoughts on this game? Sure, we can get to our general thoughts of the game. And uh, you want to start? You Shall I start? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll start. I'm on starting. Um, so... One thing we always start with is what makes the Giants a tough matchup. But first, I just thought I would drop this interesting fact here. 
Dad, did you know that this is the first London game between two teams with winning records? We were talking about this earlier, and I did not realize that when you first told me. And I was like, I guess it's because the Jags go so often. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what everyone has said. Everyone who has heard that quote has been like, it's because of the Jaguars, right? It's, it's because of the Jaguars. But, and, you know. Uh, and, and then I had a couple of sort of general thoughts about the, that before we like talking specifics about how, uh, and this maybe goes about a little bit with the uh, sort of what's going on in Giants world, that that only Minnesota is going to have has a lower rated um, defense or of the defense opponents of yeah. the Green Bay opponents to date. And as strange as it sounds, the Giants are going to have the second best passing offense we've seen so far. That's via DVOA. That is stunning. <laughs> That's Football Outsiders. Yeah, they have the second best passing offense second of the teams we played. Passing offense of the teams we played so far. Well, you know, we played you the, know Bears who, and, the Bears know, and the played, Patriots. Well, do you is is Tampa one? Oh, uh, who's number one? In it's okay if you offense? don't have it. It's okay if you don't have it. But Baltimore. I, I was just curious. No, of the teams we played. Oh, the teams we played. Oh, the teams we played. It's. Uh... It might be. It might be the no, Vikings. It's Minnesota. I was gonna say it might be the Vikings. Man, that's that's a I tough think... look for Tampa. You hate to see it. You hate to see it for Tom Brady. <laughs> but anyways. Oh wait, no, no, I was wrong. So. Uh, oh, is that no? That's overall passing. That's overall not passing. Let's look at the passing. okay. Quick Sorry. correction. Quick correction. But it is so they have the second best overall offense of the teams we've seen so far. Well, we can we There's... can move on through this. Yeah. Um, no, so yeah, the third. No, no. Tampa. Tampa has the best. I was going to say Tampa. It's Tampa, then Minnesota, then the Giants. Okay, that makes offense. that makes some more sense. I was like, man, that's a tough look for Tampa. But anyways, moving on to what makes the Giants a tough matchup. Um, so the things that I think make this team a tough matchup are usually, I think, for the Packers would make them a tough matchup. Is usually it would be Daniel Jones' legs, but with his ankle being kind of busted up, I don't expect him to be nearly as mobile. The Packers have struggled with mobile quarterbacks in the past. I know it's a long time ago, but see Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and see Tyler Huntley even last year. Oh, when they could not or, stop or, uh, him. See, see Taylor name? Heineke. Heineke see Taylor Heineke from last Washington year. Last year. They, yeah, they, they, they can't this handle. Is not a, this is not a one-year phenomenon. Yes, this is decades of a history. I mean, see Michael Vick in 2000-whatever when we lost our first game at, first playoff game at Lambeau ever. Um, the Packers have never been able to handle running quarterbacks, and they just can't do it. Um, but with Daniel Jones' ankle being kind of beat up, I don't foresee him being as big of a threat on the ground. And so that kind of just brings me to Saquon, MF, and Barkley is the note I have here. I mean, he has just been a beast this year and leading the league in rushing. Um, pretty decent yards per clip. Uh, he's just really, really good. And I think that rushing attack is, I mean, they were giving up more yards to um, – the Bears rushing attack, which is not nearly as good as Saquon, so I think that's going to be a, a tough matchup for them. Yeah, I mean, Saquon's been pretty... Though, though, I think their overall running grade is not that great, you know, though Saquon has been so good. Yeah. But think, I mean, I'll talk a little bit about that later, but one of the things that I wanted to bring up that could make the Giants a tough matchup is their pass rush has some talent. Hmm. Not necessarily, Lawrence, not necessarily on the outside, but more on the interior. No, so Dexter Lawrence in the area is he's like first in PFF grade for pass rush as as a um, interior defender as a defensive tackle. He's ahead and, of uh, 
And um, that's Aaron Donald. I was going to say, that's not the usual first besides Aaron Donald that you usually get for right. DTs. It's actually first. But as a, as a whole defense, um, so he, he's been there, he, kind of their alpha, alpha dog there on the, on the pass rush. And, uh, I guess Ojolari has done some damage as well, but he'll be missing. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually going to be a big blow for them. They're, uh, overall, the team is 10th in sack percentage. But then by the ESPN metric, pass rush win rate, they're only 18th, so more middle of the pack. And mm-hmm. then again, and just to just to kind of loop it in, sack percentage is number of sacks per drop back, and pass rush win rate is number of pressures per drop back. Just within two and a half seconds. Within two and a half seconds, yes. yes. It does have to be within two and a half seconds. And so, and then for for the Green Bay on their on the pass pro side, that the the pass rush company is only Myers has. Uh, well, so the, at his position, a pass block win rate in the top 10 for Green Bay. He's the only Green Bay offensive lineman in the top 10 in ESPN's pass um, block win rate. And he was second, Josh Myers amongst, because second he, among centers. And, and because that, he has not even played a full season's worth of games yet when you think about yeah. it. And then none of the uh, um, Green Bay offensive linemen were in the top 10 at their position for run block win rate. Mm-hmm. Though PFF's ratings likes Runyon's pass blocking more than ESPN's, which is interesting because Andy Herman um, of the Pack a Day podcast, his grades did not particularly like what Runyon's been putting on tape the past few weeks, and has has felt like he's been struggling. Um, and usually his grades and PFFs are mostly in line, so I find it interesting that there's a lot of um, there's a kind of a yeah, a and you hear a lot about there. Runyon not giving up any sacks yet, but. Uh, that I had I hadn't looked at like sort of the 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 down by down um, analysis mm-hmm. that uh, PFF and and Andy does on his own. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like that interior is going to be tested. Uh, Newman has actually been pretty good this year. I feel like much better than last year. And let's remember he's only in his second year in the league. Uh, but I do think this is going to be a big test for him, especially if Leonard Williams can also go. Um, he was limited, like we said, but that duo, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, is really tough interior. Yeah, and I think Newman's run blocking has been better than his pass blocking, if I am correct. Yeah, I mean, he's I, I always... I haven't looked into that in that much detail, but I, I, I thought I'd heard that. I've always felt like he's been better on the move than just straight up trying to take a guy in his chest, but that's kind of that's how we feel like what makes the Giants a tough matchup, that is. But, Dad, how do you think that the Giants are going to try to specifically exploit the Packers? So we talked about this a little bit already. It's kind of the obvious. I think the the Giants are going to try to run, run, run. And when they're done with that, they're going to run some more. Maybe run Um, one more time just to be safe. (laughs) That they'll hand Saquon the ball or just hike it to him in Wildcat to try to exploit Green Bay's 28th ranked run defense by DBOA. Is that bad? It's 28th? Green Bay's run defense is 28th by DVOA. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> but the Giants are even worse. We'll talk run about that later. Or run defense. Oh, They're okay. Run yeah, defense. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, and New York, the Giants' run game, their seventh, on their offensive um, run game is much better than their passing by DVOA. The passing is 19th, and their run offense is seventh. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that's kind of interesting, and I looked at their. Uh, um, the Giants' success in directional the direction of the runs, 
and they're by far the best on going outside the left tackle, so around the left end. I mean, Andrew Thomas um, has been, we'll talk about this later as well, I will, but Andrew Thomas is quietly having a very good year at left tackle. Yeah, he is. he was in there for what for run blocking, I think, on one of those lists as being one of the, like, the top 10 in run blocking, I think it was. And he's holding up in the pass pro, too. Like he's but, he's uh, kicking butt out there. But the Giants, when it comes to running around the, the left end for yards per run, they're first in the league. But in other um, directions, they are not as good. Hmm. It's interesting. So um, just behind the tackle or up the middle, they're, they're more middle of the pack. So it's really it's like kind of like breaking around wide left is hmm. where they've really been. Just really running behind... Twice as many, well, or yeah, probably he's like he's like moving out in space, yeah. and running behind him as he's running wide. But that's it's like twice as many yards per carry there as um, some of the other directions. I mean, the edges are going to have to hold up because that was something that yep. they kind of struggled with. Versus, I mean, uh, they kind of struggled with that versus the Patriots, especially with I feel like the linebackers not like I think it was on the edges, but I also feel like the linebackers did not scrape hard enough to the sidelines. They got they came up a little too hard um i know campbell got kind of they had him they bounced someone uh i think it was ramondre stevenson bounced outside on him a couple different times um one specifically sticks in my mind where campbell just came up way too hard and didn't contain but the edges weren't containing either and so that's definitely something they're gonna have to look at for me yeah, gary gary's gary's run defense grade has been pretty good so far but uh the others are not i mean the edge so they have to be able to hold the edge and also be able to disengage from the block at the moment, right moment to try to, yeah. um, stop I mean, the ball carrier. It's all part of holding the edge. Yeah. I mean, right, gotta, right. But that, but that's, I think that. I, in watching some of last game, I think that's one of the things they failed at. They were actually holding their position well a couple of times, but then the, just couldn't, the, couldn't the get off just the block. ran around them. Yeah. For me, I think I was saying, telling you this before we recorded, but I think it's, I think this is just like, the Packers should 100% win this game. I think that this is a way better matchup for them than New England was, even though they're favored by less points in this game than they were versus New England. And so, of course, the Giants are going to beat them. Uh, <laughs> I think that if Daniel Jones was healthy, and if he is healthier than we think he is, I would think that the Giants would run tons of boot actions, rollouts, put the guy in the flat in a bind, move the pocket, kind of get him off, get the pass rushers off their target, and just try and beat the Packers that way. But if he can't move, that kind of cuts out a lot of their offense. And so I think the main recourse for them is going to be slowing the game down, trying to limit the number of possessions, try and kind of squeak out an edge in the turnover battle, and just try and make the game as messy as possible. I mean, I think that they win a messy game if they win. And I think that that's going to be... Like that's gonna have to be the strategy for them, and like you said uh, already, obviously that goes without saying. Give Saquon the ball over under thirty carries for Saquon this game, like legitimately over under thirty carries. Well, that's a good question. Uh, that's really old school football. That's like seventies and eighties style. But let's go. Uh, thirty is a lot. He only had twenty one last game. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no. Sorry, this is the old. This is an old one. He had. Uh, let's see. He had how many? How many do you think he had last game? I'm gonna say twenty-four. He had thirty-one last game. So over on over 31. under twenty-eight. Over under twenty-eight carries. Okay, I take the under, but 
I not might by much. I might hit the over on 28. But yeah, so they're going to give Saquon the ball a lot. Is yeah, I mean, because one thing that, in addition to like the scrambling mentioned, is also that the, the Daniel Jones just designed runs. So many designed runs for him, and they're very effective. And, runs, and it has no no intention of ever passing. When he doesn't um, trip over his own feet, they're very <laughs> effective. But, but at least he was 50 yards downfield when that's he did true. That. Still a 60 yard game. Still a great play. <laughs> but anyway, that's kind of how we think that the Giants the turf are going to. Got him. They Casper the ghost got him. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of how we think that the pack, uh, the Giants are going to try and exploit the Packers. But you know, the Packers, I mean, they get paid too, like they always say. So, Dad, how do we think that the Packers are going to try to exploit the Giants going the other way? So, one of the things I'll say first about in terms of from the the Green Bay defensive perspective is their first in defensive third down percentage. Yeah, it's crazy because they're like 28th and 29th in yards allowed on first and second down, and then on third down, it's like. Iron Curtain. Iron Curtain comes down. Because when you hear the announcers talk about it, they always say, yeah, so they're really like making them work on first and second. But no. No, they, they're <laughs> not. The thing is, what was it? Benjamin Solak on The Ringer was saying, he's like, because he, he had qualms or gripes with the Packers defense and was saying like, hey, like a defense with this money, this much talent, like shouldn't be waiting for the opponent to get the third down so you can turn up like <laughs> like actually play hard. But I agree, but that's what they're doing kind of right now. But it's they they have a great third down defense. Yeah, and so they're also fifth in sack percentage on third um, down, or in- I think that's in general. I don't think okay. that that wasn't broken down by down. Um, so it'd be it'd be nice to try to force the Giants into passing situations, you know, by by forcing third and long. But it may be that even if it's third and long that they'll still run, it run anyway. the ball because of what their offense is going to look like. Are we going to get a Joe Judge third and seven QB <laughs> sneak special? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh and boy. then uh, the other thing. So then on the other side, that uh, in terms of uh, how the Packers might exploit the Giants D, the Giants defense is only 23rd overall um, by football outsiders, DVOA. And they're bad against both the run and the pass. Mm. Um, they're even worse than Green Bay in yards per run. It's like five. They give up like five point one, and give, we give up five per carry. And they're um, and they're right in the middle of the pack in yards per pass attempt. Mm-hmm. So I, I say look for Green Bay to pound the run, and the Giants are last in yards per rush up the middle. That's where they're worst. In 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 yards um, behind the center and the guards, so maybe this will possibly be a Dylan game. Mm. And, I would and, love to see a Dylan game. He's he's the, been okay so far, but hasn't really had a really big game yet. But also, it took him a few games last year to get started too. So. Yeah, and the Giants are also bad against uh, pass catching running backs. They've got they got everything going. I mean, it does seem like the the Packers should win this. I feel like I'm getting too like confident I feel because, like I'm taking crazy pills no I don't feel like I'm taking crazy pills but I do feel like I'm getting too confident because I just think that the Packers like this is a really good matchup for the Packers especially with the Giants being dinged up and so my thing was we talked a little bit about how good Andrew Thomas has been um how well they've run behind him how well he's played but on the other side Evan Neal their rookie seventh overall pick has really I wouldn't say really struggled but he has struggled so far he has allowed a 7.6% pressure rate while the league average is 5.3. That's from uh, Michael Nania on Twitter. Um, so I think that Gary should really be able to attack that right side. And if Daniel Jones is the quarterback playing, which all indications are that it will be, 
he does not really have the best pocket presence or ball security. I mean, he averages 0.88 fumbles per game over his career. He only has one so far on the year, so... You know, positive regression. So he's, is, he's, due, is, he's due for four. He's due. Anyone who gambles enough knows that he's due. Um, but but seriously, so to, though, get, to get up to his average, he's got to get a, give up three to three this game. But unironically, though, positive regression would say that he's due for a fumble. Um, and I think that if the Packers win the turnover battle, they win this game absolutely easily. And losing the turnover battle is one of the few ways that they would lose. Um, so that's kind of how I think the Packers really match up well with the Giants is attacking that right tackle spot with Gary and just being like, hey, Rook. Welcome to the league. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, with and, and then that combined that with Kenny up the middle, especially if if uh, Danny Dimes, Danny Dimes, I've got the right, got the right Danny, Danny right? Yeah, Danny, Danny Dimes. Dimes is uh, immobile because uh, that'll be could just like a sitting duck in there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like a matchup that's ripe for the Packers. But let's kind of move on and kind of start to wrap it up. Dad, what are you keeping your eye out for specifically, specifically in this game? So one thing I want to keep an eye out for is how does Green Bay align their defense? Will they finally use heavier boxes to slow down the run, considering how many receivers the Giants are going to be missing that either they're down to a third string, well, maybe I suppose it could be still a second string quarterback or a third string quarterback, or a severely hobbled quarterback. Um, cause it seemed like last week they were slow to respond to the six offensive linemen mm-hmm. when New England made an adjustment and it took them and, and, and Barry said that he said that they didn't, they didn't respond quick enough to that sixth though line. And that I think was that stretch where, you know, the first half, like Gary's just wrecking their, their whole offense. And then they started going with the six offensive linemen. They started getting more time in the pocket, better pressure, and and more push for the, for the run game on those two scoring drives. And then the Packers kind of regrouped and shut them down at the end. It'd be nice if they had their answers a little faster. Yeah, I agree. Or, and, and, and maybe thought in advance, like, this could happen. Let's be ready. What are we going to do for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and- we already talked about my other thing, which is, is Daniel Jones going to be able to run? So what what do you, what have you, what are you look, looking for? Yeah, so like you said, how the Packers' defense aligns, I'm curious to see specifically within that how much Penny they play because it feels like they've been better in Penny so far, which is one linebacker and um, 5D linemen and then 5DBs, um, which is what they played a lot of last year. And I'm also kind of interested... 5D linemen counting the two edges. Yes, counting the two edges. Uh, And then I'm also interested to see kind of... Will they be a bit more aggressive with a less mobile quarterback? I think that's more of a... I'm curious to see how they are game plan specific because I feel like that's something that they haven't necessarily done in the past that I would like to see them do. With a less mobile quarterback who doesn't have great ball security, I would like to see some more blitzes. I know that Barry is averse to blitzing. He's they The Packers don't blitz much at all. Um, but that's kind of something I'm looking for. I would like to see them try some blitzing just so they get some practice at it so they have that arrow in their quiver. Um, this feels like an ideal game for it. I know you don't want to do it too often because it does leave you open to an explosive run. Um, but on obvious passing downs, I would like to see them... I would like to see them send some extra pressure. That's kind of something I'm looking out for. Um, but yeah, so let's kind of... Circle the wagons, wrap this thing up. Dad, your players to watch for the game or player to watch for the game. 
So the player that, that I've watched is kind of an obvious, so I, I suppose I should, should have been a little bit more creative, but I picked Rashawn Gary. I mean, <laughs> he's the he's the best player on the Packers right now. And so I, in some ways, it might be the most entertaining part of the game to watch. Um, yeah. It has been for a lot of games. And so watch him. He's like second in ESPN run stop rate, I think I, I alluded to, and ninth in pass rush uh pass rush win rate it's a tough one edges to <laughs> and uh, the giants are only 25th in pass block win rate as a team and yeah. uh you know you mentioned uh evan neal struggles so he should be I, able to get after him a little bit yeah so that's 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 yeah i so i took i i copped out and took an easy answer <laughs> yes you did <laughs> over under one and a half sacks for gary in this game just gut feeling i'm gonna hit the over there you go. Okay, I'll take the over two. Honestly, I think I think he goes for multiple sacks in this game. Uh, my player to watch is Devondre Campbell. Uh, the Giants have a really good run game. He's going to need to play well to help shut it down. And he honestly hasn't been quite as good so far this year as last. Obviously, he's still been quite good. Um, just not quite first team All Pro. Just a quick statistic that kind of shows that is according to Matt Schneiman on Twitter. He has. Missed six tackles in four games so far after missing just four all of last year. The tackling as a team has not been as good, but that's kind of also something like uh, that I forgot to mention that I would like to the Packers to please do well in this game is tackle. And, oh, one other thing I forgot to mention that I just want to touch on really quick that I was going to put in my what we're keeping an eye out for and I forgot to put it down. I want to see how the Packers travel because the Packers the past three years have not traveled well. And I think that's very fair to say whenever they, especially traveling West, but this will be the furthest they've ever had to travel. And I'm just curious to see how it goes because in the past they have not, they have came out very flat after traveling long distances. And that's my biggest nightmare scenario for the game is they just lay a complete egg because they are completely out of it from travel. Um, London games are always weird, you know? But like I said, just to circle back, Devondre Campbell is my player to watch. He's going to have to play well for them to slow down Saquon Barkley. Saquon is very dynamic, very good tackle breaker. He's my player to watch. Do you want to finish up with a quick score prediction? Sure. So I made my score prediction uh, early on in in putting my notes together, and I I picked 31-13. And then I looked up the last time they played, and oh, 31-13. It's 31-13. You know what Matthew McConaughey would say. (laughs) Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. I was going to say, all right, all right, all, all right, right, all right. right. I, I can get behind 3113. <laughs> it's a palindrome, too. So it's extra fun. Right. Um, How about you? What was, your, yeah, what was your prediction? I think Packers 3117. Um, I think they start fast, hit a massive lull in the middle, and then put it away at the end. Because we can never enjoy a complete game with this team. I would love to see it, but we just haven't gotten one yet. Um, yeah, yeah. That's another thing that we didn't really talk about. I would like to see a quicker start to the game. So far this year, they've had slow starts on offense and defense for the most part. Yeah, and it's it's weird because so speaking of slow starts on defense, we might as well just talk a little bit more. Um, they have allowed a score on every first drive of the game so far. Do you think that that trend continues on Sunday? Ooh. So it's they went really it was all t- about the Packers in this question. 
because I don't think this question is really a question about the Giants. Yeah, and it's, the, it's weird the because of their offense. you could argue they're trending up because they allowed a touchdown to the Vikings and a touchdown to the Bears on their first drives and then have allowed a field goal to Tampa and a field goal to... Help me, please. I'm blanking. And a field goal, <laughs> and a field goal to the Patriots. Sorry, to the Patriots. Like, yeah, um, you, 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 like, you, you caused they? me to blank. I was like, who did they play last week? <laughs> a field goal to the Patriots. We already talked about them, but they're kind of trending in the right direction. But they have yet to get a stop on the first drive of the game. And you could say it's because the drives are scripted. But you got a defense this talented, you should be able to get some stops. So, do you think that trend continues? Is what I guess what I'm saying. Because hmm. I. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go with yes. I think they, the trend continues. The, which is the trend that is going that the score is going down? No, I as think they're going or that they give up a score every every week. I think they give up a field goal on the first drive again. Okay. I think I Here's, think they they, be, they bend over. I think they bend over. I'm going to waffle big time here. The they Packers get the ball get first the, and give up a safety. They, no, they get. <laughs> <laughs> what That's gonna that? have the hey, score trending down. Got him. <laughs> If the Packers get the ball and score first, then they will not give up a score. Okay. If the Packers, you mean so that the Packers start with the ball? If the Packers start with the ball and score, then they will not give up a, a score on their on their first defensive. Uh, All gas, outing. no break. That's All what we like no to break. see. Um, yeah, it's just so tough because I think they always start a little. I feel like tentative. I think that they're going to get. They always defer also. I hate it. Uh, you hate it. We hate it. Uh, we can go into that sometime, but I just think this team is built to play with a lead and always have been, and they should always take the ball first if they can. I think for years it's made it so that they can they, – it, it affects their ability to play defense because it, it, it affects the kind of play calling that their opponents do that then makes their defense more effective if they can get out to a lead. Um yeah, and, and especially with a team like the Giants, you want to play them out of the running game. Like you would like to make them right. pass as much as possible. But then, yeah, if you can put them into passing uh, situations, that's a good thing. Yeah, but anyway, those are kind of our last final closing thoughts on the game. I think the Packers win. I think the Packers moved four and one. I think I'm not as impressed with the team as I would like to be after the game once again. But a win's a win, a win's a win. Hopefully, and. Should we wrap this thing up? I think we're ready. All right. So thanks so much for joining us. This has been our pregame for the Packers-Giants London game coming on Sunday. You can catch our postgame that Sunday night. We'll be recording and releasing on Sunday evening. You can listen to that then or on Monday morning. Listen to it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, wherever you can find podcasts, you can find this. Uh, please come follow us on Twitter, like I already said, at Father Son Packer. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. It would really help our numbers. We'd really appreciate it. Um, Dad, anything to say to the lovely people, lovely listeners? Just go, Pack, go. Just go, Pack, go. I couldn't think of a better way to end it myself. <laughs>